Hello, 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 and welcome to Zippity Doo Disney, the podcast where we help you make the most of your Disney vacation using tips from experienced people just like you. So sit tight and let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode six of Zippity Doo Disney. I'm your host, Eric Frenchman, and this episode is titled Fast Passing by Future World. Future World is located in Epcot, and it's considered to be the front of the park and not the back of the park, which is the World Showcase. We're going to take a look at the current state of what was once known as the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, and we're going to take a look at what it's like to visit it today, because there's going to be a lot of changes coming to Epcot in the next couple of years. And they're all very exciting, but I want to talk about what you would need to do when you're going to visit Epcot, what are the rides you should be going on, where you can eat, and where you can navigate. So sit tight, thanks for listening, and let's go on that ride. All right, so let's talk about all those cool changes that are coming down the pike for Epcot in the next couple of years. First of all, they're going to be redoing the front entrance to the park. They're going to move the legacy photo exhibits outside of the park entrance. They're also going to be adding in a new Ratatouille experience in France. There's going to be a new fireworks and laser light show. They're working on a new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster ride. And also, and I think it should be ready by the time we go for our annual uh, Christmas to New Year Disney vacation, they're going to be opening up a new space restaurant. So there's a lot of changes coming to Epcot. We're not going to talk about them today, or that's all we're going to talk about them today, right in the beginning, because a lot of these changes are a year or two down the road, and I want to make sure that my friends and family that are listening know how to navigate Epcot. So let's talk about navigating Epcot. Hey, before we start talking about Future World, I just read the other day about even more changes coming to Epcot. So rather than re-recording this whole thing and doing a ton of editing, I'm just going to interrupt your previously scheduled podcast to let you know that Spaceship Earth is going under major renovations. The Living with the Land Pavilion is being changed. I still think there's going to, I saw some rumors that there's still going to be Soaring's going to be available with a different entrance. And then Living with the Seas is going to be changing. So I don't know the shelf life on this podcast, this episode, But I think it's going to be pretty good for at least the next year. But if you're going to go to Epcot, you better check out what kind of changes are going to be being made before you plan out your visit. So let's go back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Let's talk about that Epcot layout. Epcot is huge. There are two main parts to it. There's Future World. And then there's the World Showcase. Lucky for you, each of them has their own entrance. Future World has a traditional front entrance where you get let off if you're taking a monorail, monorail, if you're taking a bus, or if you took a cab or a lift. They're going to let you off at that part of the park. If you're lucky enough and you're staying at an Epcot resort or a Hollywood Studios resort, or even if... You're at Hollywood Studios and you're navigating your way back to Epcot. You take this really cool, you can take the boat system. Did you guys know about that boat system? So it runs from Hollywood Studios over to 
Boardwalk Beach Club, Yacht Club, Swan and Dolphin Hotel. So they each have a stop. And then it takes you right to the World Showcase entrance for Epcot. If you're lucky, you want to use that entrance because it's way less crowded. Many times when we're there between Christmas and New Year's, there's almost no wait at the World Showcase entrance where the Future World entrance is jammed. But if you are going to do that, and I don't really recommend taking the World Showcase entrance if you're planning on going to Future World because it's way out of your way. To go from one end of that of Epcot to the front is a long, long walk. And if you have strollers or you have older family members and they're not so they're on turtle mode on their scooter, yes, mom, I'm talking about you. It's gonna take you a long time to go from the world showcase entrance to future world. But if you can use it, definitely take advantage of the world showcase entrance. Now Back over to Future World, let's say that's that's how you're coming in. You're going to walk right up. You're going to see Spaceship Earth right in front of you. And as you walk past Spaceship Earth, you're going to come to a pavilion. You're going to see, right now, you're going to see a big board with all the wait times. And then you'll also, there's pin trading. Then you'll see a fountain in front of you, which is really cool. And then straight ahead, you're going to see the World Showcase, but we're not going there yet. But just to give you an idea of how to navigate towards the left, would be Mexico, and towards the right is going to be Canada, but let's ignore that for a second. So as you come up to the pavilion, one of the things you got, you got to remember is that Epcot is shaped like a figure eight or like a older pear-shaped man, kind of like the guy that's doing this podcast right now. So it's kind of like got a big bulge, and it doesn't sound so, now nah, go for it right in the middle. At, at the top is, is World Showcase, and then, the, and then you have Future World. Anyway, so towards the right of the figure eight on the right side is going to be living with the land and living with the sea. So that's where you're going to find soaring. And then also character spot for pictures. And then towards the left-hand side is going to be test track, mouse gears for shopping, and also um, mission space. So that's how that's the part of the park we're going to be talking about today. We're only going to be talking about future world. So... Now that you got a general layout, a general understanding of the layout at Epcot, and that you really are taking my advice that it's huge and you can't really crisscross it, let's take a look at how you're going to plan your fast passes in Future World. Let's talk about those fast pass reservations at Epcot. All right, you know what a fast pass reservation is, right? You're able to make reservations 30 days in advance if you're staying off property and 60 days in advance if you're staying at a Disney hotel for ride and sometimes experiences. And that's where it gets a little disappointing right now for me at Epcot because there's not a lot of options and there's not a lot of combos. Let me explain. So when you go to make a fast pass reservation at Epcot, you have to you get to choose from one of the following premier rides. It's frozen in Norway. Meet Disney Pals, Soaring, Test Track, or Illuminations. If you're like me and your kids are lucky enough to be way past the frozen age, the odds are you're going to be choosing between making a reservation between Soaring and Test Track because you're probably not going to do it for Illuminations, the fireworks spectacular at the end of the night because you can see that from almost anywhere with little advanced planning. 
Um, I do like Character Spot, and I used to make reservations. It just wasn't a premier one. And so you're going to be deciding between Soaring and Test Track, which means you either have to go back to Epcot as your main Fast Pass reservation day in order to get a Fast Pass at either, you know, the one you missed, Soaring or Test Track, or I guess it would be Frozen. And I just don't think it's worth it because... Once you make one of those reservations for Soaring Frozen or Test Track, you get to choose between the following for your other Fast Passes. Disney Pixar short films, which, believe it or not, surprise, you don't need a Fast Pass for. Journey into Figment. Guess what? Don't need a Fast Pass for that one either. Living with the Land. Don't need a Fast Pass. The Seas with Nemo. Woohoo! Don't need a fast pass for that. And then you have Mission Space and Spaceship Earth. Um, whoop, Leo's upset. Um, you, He's really upset. Let me go see what's going on. All right, I'm back. There were some visitors at the front door. Leo always gets excited when there's visitors at the front door. Back to fast passing. So let's say you actually, in theory, want to go to both soaring and test track on your trip. You don't want to do a rope drop. You know what those are, right? When you get to the park opening. And let's say you don't want to wait in a long line. What are your choices? Well, you're going to have to go there for two days because you're going to have to use two days worth of your fast passes, which means one day you're going to use a fast pass for soaring, and then you're going to pick from Pixar short films, Journey to Figment, Living with the Land, Mission Space, The Seas with Nemo, Spaceship Earth, and then for day two, you're going to pick the other ride. And then you're going to have to use your Fast Pass again for Disney Pixar short films, Journey to Figment, Living with the Land, Mission Space, The Seas with Nemo, Spaceship Earth. Get the idea? I think you're better off saving your Fast Passes for Animal Kingdom, Flights of Passage, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Even the Magic Kingdom would be better. Okay, so now you're down. If you're listening to me, you're not going to use your fast pass reservations for two days. You could, if I guess, but you shouldn't. You should save them unless you have a long vacation. And then, sure, go ahead, use them. You're going to be choosing between test track and soaring. Um, the good news for you is that um, I love both rides. I know them quite well. And the other good news for you is they both have what's called child swapping. So if you have little kids and you're waiting in line, you can do a child swap. What's a child swap? Simple. So you and your spouse and your children are waiting in line and say a couple of the kids are not over the 40-inch minimum height requirement. Say dad rides first, mom stays behind with the kids, dad comes off, and then mom rides, and dad stays behind with the kids. It's pretty cool. So that means either one of those rides you could do. So we're going to talk about the details of which one you could go on, Soaring versus Test Track, and I'm going to tell you, I would recommend going on Soaring. All right, let's talk Soaring. Up until the recently opened Flights of Passage in Animal Kingdom, Soaring was arguably one of the best rides in Disney World. When you come into Epcot, you walk past Spaceship Earth and go to the right, and then you're going to you know, walk a little bit through a, a tunnel. On the left-hand side, you're going to see... Uh, character spot where you can get autographs and pictures with uh, Disney characters 
personally, if the wait's not too long, under 30 minutes, and you're not trying to rush around and head over to Soaring, if you have the time, jump in line, get some pictures taken. It's always a blast. Otherwise, continue walking straight ahead. Also, right past the character spot, you might see Chippendale. That's where they like to hang out. Uh, so again, if the wait doesn't look too long, try and grab a picture. Uh, but otherwise, continue up to the pavilion. And inside the land pavilion, go downstairs. You'll see Sunshine Seasons, which is this awesome place for quick service. So I like to get lunch or breakfast there at any time when you're you know, leaving or going towards soaring. Also, you'll see another ride called Living with the Land, which is Disney's feel-good version about conservation, food, how we're going to feed a large, you know, everybody around the globe. It also has their hydroponics. It shows some great uh, vegetables and fruits that they're growing. There's also the farm-raised fish. It's fun. I liked it better when there was actually a, a guide and it wasn't piped in a soundtrack for describing what, what we were looking at. But anyway, it's a cute ride. I don't recommend using a fast pass on it. I also don't recommend waiting if it's more than 45 minutes, but it's a 30 minute wait and you're going towards soaring or you're just off, hop on. It's it's a lot of fun. Finally, let's talk about soaring. Soaring is up until Flights of Passage. Like I said before, it's probably one of the best rides at Florida's Disney World. It simulates flying through parts of the world it pipes in uh, water it, it 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 sprays you with water at certain points there's also if you if you're paying attention they, they pipe in smells it's a blast the one thing i always tell everybody is make sure don't look up or down focus on the screen because then you'll see people's feet hanging and it kind of takes away from the you know the virtual reality feel of the ride but otherwise soaring is awesome if you don't have a fast pass for it, I wouldn't mind waiting 45 minutes in line. The line moves kind of fast. And also there's this uh, at the end where you check in fast pass to sort of combine everybody. And then it takes a little longer to load. So if it's around a 30 to 45 minute wait, I highly suggest waiting. I don't know about an hour wait, but maybe if you're really desperate and you, and you didn't get a fast pass for it. All right. So that's the area around soaring. There are some other things to do on the right side of Epcot, especially living with the seas. But let's swing over back towards the center. Make believe instead of going right towards Test Track at the beginning, you go left. And what you'll see right in front of you is Mouse Gears, which is one of my favorite shopping spots in all of Disney World. For me, outside of Disney Springs slash Downtown Disney, it's the best spot for shopping. Large selections of hats, clothing, gadgets, whatever you want, toys. If, if it's Disney, you could pretty much find it there. Nine times out of ten, we walk through Mouse Gears to get to Test Track. Um, hopefully, you get through that through there without damaging your wallet or your Magic Band too much. But you'll see Test Track and Mission Space. Oh, before we head over to Test Track, there are some decent food kiosks, some coffee back there that we sometimes snack on. And also, there's, there's a good spot for, for bathrooms. Anyway, Test Track will be right in front of you. It's a ride that simulates designing and testing cards. It's a lot of fun. In the beginning, you and your partner, assuming you're not by yourself, design a car, design a car across multiple facets. And then after that, you wait in line. 
And then when it's your turn to approach to get into your car, you're going to scan your band. Now, make sure, little tip, make sure you ask the Disney employee when you should scan your band. Because sometimes it doesn't sync up with the car correctly. And then you actually won't see your results as you're going through the ride. You'll see them at the end because then you'll rescan your band to see how you did. But it's more fun as you're going through uh, Test Track itself, the ride, and they're running your car through various tests, how your designs have done. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, at the end, you'll get a you'll get a picture, especially make so make sure you scan your band if you if you um, just to double check to make sure your photo gets put on your on your magic band. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And then after you get out, you get to see how your car design did versus everybody else's. There's also a GM showroom. There's some cool cars in there, of course. And then, then there's the merchandise. So once you come out of there, um, towards the right-hand side is actually going to be Mission Space. It's not a premier ride. I do love to go on Mission Space. It simulates a, a space mission to Mars. It's a lot of fun. There's a green. There's an orange. The green doesn't have as much G-force. The orange will, at a minimum, make you feel a little queasy. Uh, sometimes it can make you a little bit sick to your stomach depending on how much you ate beforehand and depending on how you do with G-Force rides, um, but it'll fade. Don't worry about it. If you're really concerned, chew some gum, have some candy. Sometimes the sugar will help you with the G-Force. But anyway, it's a blast. I always go on the orange ride. In fact, I would wait 30 minutes for that ride if you don't have a fast pass, but assuming you listen to me in the beginning, the odds are you do have a fast pass. And for right now, that's all you could do on the left-hand side of the park unless there's a festival going on. And then there's there's some things you could do in one of the pavilions back there. But anyway, swing back towards the center. Right to the left of Starbucks, you're going to see a little hidden gem called Club Cool. And that's where you could get, get this, free drinks. Yes, I said free drinks. It's, it's a Coke store, but with a little spin. It has sodas from around the world that you could go in and try. It's a lot of fun. Some of them are pretty gross, but I always like to, I always have to taste them. Plus, you get some cool Coke souvenirs. And the final thing that's over sort of this pavilion, they'll close off the left and the right side for the most part. We're going to come back to living with the seas. But there's the, the beautiful fountain in front. Uh, the water, the fountain will dance to music. Uh, it's a great spot to take pictures. It's also a great spot to meet friends if you get separated. So, now we're going to go back towards the front a little bit. We're going to talk about Spaceship Earth. Okay, let's go back towards the front entrance and head to Spaceship Earth. So as you come up, you see it. It's that giant, large globe in front of you. And you're probably wondering why I didn't mention it earlier. It's because it's not a premier fast pass right now. I do think you, you should get a fast pass for it. It's also a premier photo spot. And the ride's been around forever. Uh, they've updated it. It's a classic. It's a lot of fun. It's a slow-moving ride through the growth of communications on the planet. They updated it so now that you could personalize your own future. It's fun. It's a classic. It, you have to ride it. It's just not test track or soaring. If you're coming by the entrance, when you're coming up to the entrance to Spaceship Earth, one little tip, on the right-hand side is an Art of Disney store, which we always visit for cool art. Um, some, some pieces, some, some cool things. Even if you're not going to buy, it's a great place just to, to browse. Uh, backtracking. So if you headed back over towards Soaring, instead of going to Soaring, all the way down to the right, 
there's Living with the Seas, which is this really awesome aquarium. You can either enter through the exit, boo, or you go through the main entrance, which is a slow-moving uh, Finding Nebo ride, which is obviously the way you want Finding Nemo, which is obviously the one you want to do. But if you want to cut the line, go in the exit through the gift store, and then you'll be in the aquarium. It's definitely worth the time. There's also back there a um, Turtle Talk with Crush. That's always a lot of fun. There's a huge tank, uh, fish tank. I mean, it's it's awesome. And finally, there's only one other ride left in Future World, which is Journey into Fig, a Journey into Imagination with Figment. Figment is this cute little purple dinosaur. The ride it takes you through trip through the Imagination Institute. I haven't been on it in about ten years. I always make a fast pass for us. I always want to go on it, but I get distracted with other things going on in Epcot, especially. The, the International World Showcatch World Showcase, but it's a lot of fun. If you have kids, I highly recommend it. And that's it. Right now, that's all. Those are all the rides that you could go on in Future World. So, what else does it do? Well, let's talk about food. I generally don't eat in Future World. There are only two places I recommend. One is Starbucks. Eh, you know what you're getting there. And the other one is Seasons, which is in the Land Pavilion. That's the best spot. There, there's also two other sit-down restaurants. There's the Garden Grill, which is also in the Land Pavilion, and Coral Reef. Uh, both of them are pretty decent. I haven't visited them in years. Garden Grill is a family-style restaurant. It rotates through the Living with the Land uh, exhibit. It also features Chip and Dale and friends, so it's character dining. It's okay. I haven't been there in a few years. Again, when you're in Epcot, the odds are you want to go over to the worlds where the food's going to be much more interesting. Also, in Living with the Seas, you're going to see the Coral Reef restaurant. Surprise, it's a seafood restaurant. It's actually pretty It's actually pretty decent. It's a good restaurant. It features a beautiful, everybody gets a beautiful view of the large tank in the aquarium. I haven't been back in years, again, because for the most part, when we're at Epcot, we want to go into the world showcase where the food is, what you know, the better food is. But if you if you want to eat dinner in the in future world, I do recommend the Coral Reef. So we talked about rides, we talked about eating, we talked about navigating to the park, uh, and we talked about shopping. So in summary, when it comes to fast passes at Epcot right now, I only recommend using your one one day's worth of fast passes. So you're going to have to decide, are you using a, who are you using a fast pass for? Are you going with Soaring or Test Track? And then fill it in, trying to get either to the park opening and hitting Soaring or Test Track, whichever one you didn't make the fast pass reservation for, reserving Spaceship Earth and reserving Mission Space. Try and also get character spot pictures, as long as the line's not too long. For food, again, I'm not usually doing a sit-down. So it's either going to be Seasons in the Land Pavilion or it's going to be Starbucks. And finally, don't forget to do some shopping at Mouse Gears. It's one of my favorite spots. And that's it. That's Future World. That's the end of Episode 6. It's our Part 1 of 2 of looking at Epcot. I'm not sure if we're going to come back with Part 2 right away. I have another idea in my head for another podcast. But thanks for listening and thanks for going on this ride.